Welcome everybody to Sippin' and Shippin'. I'm your host, Brian Weinstein. We'll be kicking it here every other Friday, quenching your thirst for an insider's take to enhance your customer experience. So grab your drink of choice, kick back, it's Sippin' and Shippin' time. Welcome everybody to another episode of Sippin' and Shippin'. I am your host, Brian Weinstein. And as I have every other week and days in between, with me at my side, Caitlin Postal. Hey. Postal. You got uh, it. You brought it back. I'm proud of you I for did. remembering. Thank you for that. Brian, how are you today? I am doing well. It is Friday. Ooh, so how we made it. it be? We exactly. Made it. made it another week. And we have with us today from Grace and Clothier, our very, very special guest, Joanne Marciano. Joanne, welcome. Thank you, Brian. Hey, Caitlin. It's great to be here. I will say, Brian, the first time I spoke to you, and Caitlin, you don't know this, Two years ago, we were looking to move our warehouse. Grayson clearly continuing to scale, and we needed a we needed a partner to scale with us from a 3PL. And I got referred to Brian. And my first video call, he had this getup, the headphones, the mic, and I thought I was getting punked by a DJ. Or is this a warehouse guy? And now I know the reason behind all this. Two years yeah. later, I'm on a podcast with you. So exactly. I'm exactly. excited to be here, but I still think he really wants to be a DJ at heart. He's- I, so, you know, it's so funny you say that, and I am going to, now I'm going to definitely date myself. But when I first went off to college, I was going to go into communications. And part of what I wanted to do was be a radio DJ. And I wrote, I think, one of my college essays was on Wolfman Jack. And and there might be like 5% of our listening audience who have any idea who Wolfman Jack was, but he was this this he was this DJ in like the 70s and 80s around rock and roll and he had this voice he talked like this he said, "Oh, I'm the Wolfman." And yep. and I love this guy. So yeah. Brian that. Brian tried using that that voice on our first couple guests. Uh didn't go over so well, but here we are today. We made it. <laughs> well, <laughs> We I actually know about. who he's we talking about. I do know who he's talking about. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, so Joanne, thank you so much for coming on. And I know, you know, we, I guess for the listening audience, why don't we just start out and maybe you can just give us a little background on who you are and, you know, where you, where, where you are now and where you came from. Yeah, no, sh- certainly. Um, Well, I had a long career, and I know we're here to chat a little bit about that, but I'm currently the COO of Grayson. I've been thriving in that business and that brand for the past three years, and that brand has been growing nonstop for the past eight. Super excited to be a part of such amazing growth stage. And how it all started, uh, it was before the internet age, so I might be aging myself right here. And um, I've had retail in my blood my whole life. And coming out of college in the middle of a recession, the prestige of going into a department store training program for retail was a big deal. And I was fortunate to be to join the JCPenney training management program, which allowed me to basically experience the customer firsthand, the front lines, where it all begins, and wanting to be a part of providing the best customer experience ever and understanding more of the consumer needs. So yeah. I spent a few years there and realized late nights on my feet, always smiling, might not be my <laughs> main focus in life. I definitely wanted to understand more of how that product got to the store. 
and all the notes and the, the all the nuts and bolts behind that. Um, yeah. And that's really why I left the field part of it. And I give everyone credit who works in stores on the front lines, working with the consumers, because truly they it's in their soul and they exude joy no matter who they're talking to, who they're dealing with, and really bring a customer's experience to life. So I commend all those who do that. So then you took that leap into really the supply chain side. Yes, I yep. wanted to be in corporate, thinking yep. back then corporate jobs was were hard to get in the ideal. And um, I got a position at Talbot's and got wore a lot of pantsuits and shoulder pads back then. So yes. <laughs> Went to the office every day back then. Yes. Remember those <laughs> for, days? For a lot of hours. Yeah. And um, started in inventory management function of basically allocation analyst, where you are deciding how many units of a product down to the color size level a store will receive. And when you're doing this for over 300 stores, there's a lot of analytics behind that to make those decisions. Yeah. And from that, 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 strategy creates orders which then the warehouse has to pick pack and ship yep. and if you're off your forecast and your strategy based on what you told your warehouse well they don't like you right. <laughs> it right. creates inefficiencies and yes. warehousing and operations is all about creating efficiencies right. in a profitable manner which Small one of the action. operators did you pay to tell it to say that, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Joanne, to me, uh, you know, we've known each other, I guess, for a little over two years now, and, and honestly, you're you're one of my favorite people to work with. Um, you know, off the charts intelligent. Your experience in the industry, uh, to me, to me, speaks volumes. And without revealing too much, uh, Joanne and I are of that uh, Gen X generation. <laughs> You can reveal it. It's okay. <laughs> so, so we are, we kind of started at a different time. And I, you know, part of what I wanted to talk about today was, was exactly that. And, you know, I, I, I like to pat our generation on the back specifically, because I know when we first entered the workforce, um, you know, women in the workforce had a really, the women that were there when we got there had a much different experience and through them and then taking on like the roles that you did, uh, you know, I, I think that it's night and day to what it was, you know, when we were rookies, so to speak. Yeah. Now, when you invited me to come on, I thought you were going to ask me how you navigate through the ever-changing times of retail and your skills. And when you asked me to talk a bit about my career, I really have never looked back at my career. I keep looking forward and how I have the opportunity at hand and what how I can make the best of the opportunity and the challenges in my current job today. But you definitely allowed me to reflect more than I ever thought. And uh, I would ever reflect back on my career and never really noticed if there was a female, more females in the room, more men in the room, different diversity in the room. I, I never looked at it in the moment. and. This time and looking back now, I, I do see that pattern and I never really noticed it at the time. I just, what I wanted to do is learn from the people in the room, have them learn from me and together you're building partnerships to drive a business. Right. You know, and that really was my focus the entire time. But looking back, there were more women 
that did influence me, you know, I still remember their names completely today and what they've said to me and, and what they've even sent me notes or a book or little inspiration just to continue supporting me. And I think, you know, whether it's male or female, being surrounded by individuals that lift each other up and empower you and support you at the same time is really critical for anyone's yep. career. It really makes anyone a success if you have that environment around you. Yeah, and I, you know, what I've seen, and I think, you know, growing up, I just, some of my closest friends were always very strong, intelligent females. And I think it was it was noticeable to me as a male in the 90s in my career that there was a lot more men in the room. And I remember thinking, God, it's gotta be challenging when you're in those situations uh, especially as a younger female in a room of older men, and that you, you know, I'm very happy to say now I see much more, much more diversity. But you know, back in, at that time, I mean, did you have were were there particular women who were mentors, or even men, to be honest, who were there to make sure that they helped you get to where you wanted to go? Yeah, I, I would say you know. After my run at Talbot's, I, I moved to the West Coast to be a part of the Gap Inc. And um, I was fortunate to get a position offered to me at their old Navy brand, which at the time was adding 75 stores a year, growing tremendously. And for all those, Gap is really a boot camp of retail. It really is a strong training ground, building experts throughout, and it's really tough environment. Um, to your point, Brian, <laughs> there, you know, there was men and women there, and it was a type A personality, very yeah. competitive, and it was the first time I saw in the executive suite we had a female president, and that was the first time in my career coming out of J.C. Penney and Talbot seeing that type of female presence at that level. And you know, her name was Jenny Ming. She was tough as nails, but yep. kept, you know, calm composure and exuded her strength through her calmness, which really motivated me to be inspired to keep, keep staying strong and focused. Don't look back at a mistake. Look back at it as what did I learn from it? And, you know, she was also, she was born in China and grew up in San Francisco. And here I am on the West Coast. I'm an East Coast girl, New York right. area. So, yep. you know, it, it was really inspiring me just to see what she has done to, to hit the level that she did hit. And she was building that business from scratch. And that, to me, really amazed me. And as much as I feared in being in a meeting with her, presenting my investment our inventory investment strategies and reviews and being prepared for her challenges, her challenging questions. I look back at that now and I'm so grateful for, for her composure throughout it that there's something about leaders that remain calm because retail is a roller coaster ride. And the logistics part of retail goes along right on that roller coaster. You have your ups and downs, you know, everything's driven by once again, the customer and your sales, and you're doing everything you can to provide the best experience. And it it goes from concept of creating that product all the way to consumption. So from design, production, the factories, 
logistics? Do I air it? Do I ship it? When can it right. get to the warehouse on time? To the inventory analyst allocating the order, making sure warehouse has a forecast so you guys can build a labor model so it can go out the door. You know, there's a lot of complexities in retail and there's, you know, when you have economic, you know, headwinds is very challenging too. And you're going off a forecast and no one has a glass ball. So there's going to be bumpy roads at all times and her calmness and demeanor throughout it was truly inspiring. Yeah, I remember when you brought that up on our intro call and you talked about grace and just a very creating calmness. And I've been in this space for four years and lucky for me, I've had the advantage of seeing females and non-traditional female roles in this space. So, you know, Sarah Drazedic, who's the head of engineering, woman, boss, uh, Janice Kring, who was our previous um, VP of, of operations, again, woman, calm, and I, I could really see that as well within these ladies in those roles, and then to challenge the growth there, which really inspires you. Um, and it's not just, I think you also said, logistics is more just like ship this product, right? So like ha these mentors, yeah, like right. At the end of the day, when you look at it, all the work as much as design creates such amazing product and all the analytics of how much we're going to buy because by the way inventory is the biggest expense in a company so yep. you've got yeah. to be really right political that. on purchasing that piece to you know, the picking and packing and shipping piece the warehouse is the last function to touch the product before it comes into that customer's hands whether that customer's hands is the doorstep of their front door or the loading dock of a st of the mm -hmm. stock room you know behind a a gap store you guys are the last touch of it and yeah. How do you make sure that there's a surprise and delight in that customer experience from the very beginning of concept, nine, 10 months, 12 months earlier, yep. is now pulled together at the end of this process and the warehouse is the last one to touch it. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of complexity through, through bringing product to a consumer. I will say though that those, those leaders, the female leaders that were around when we were first coming in, calm demeanor, yes, but tough as nails. Oh, they scared right? the crap out of me, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You overprepared. You, I yep. mean, even the Mickey Drexler who was at the helm as a CEO at the time, he scared the crap. I mean, you, right. you overprepared your presentation ready to go for any challenge may right. have because you're trying to persuade them on why you want to spend a couple million dollars on this item. Yeah. And that Fear in me, by the end, in the beginning, it's fear. By the end, coming out of it, I felt empowered and stronger. So it's almost that, that process you have to go through. And everyone's going to fear, have that fear in any position in their jobs. And it's okay. And it's about yeah. conquering it. Because if you don't, you're not evolving and you're not moving forward. So, so and, and, and most, of those, most of those female leaders at that point were kind of raised in the business when it was more of a boys club, right? So Absolutely. they had to fight for every step up they went. Did you feel like you were you were more that they were challenging you more than others or maybe even male counterparts to make you stronger knowing that you would might have a challenge along the way? I never noticed it in that regard, the differences on if they were treating me any different than you know, my fellow colleague who was male, I feel like they felt every, they treated every one of us the same. Okay. And they were just as challenged, challenging to 
they're focused on the business and they're focused on how you're presenting it and challenging you no matter who you were. And I appreciated that, you know, yeah. it's about equality. You know, yeah. I, I want to be treated any differently. You know, I want us to all be treated to work together as a team. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, you know, it's interesting because I saw things e even, even not even that long ago, five or six years ago, like there's a conference called Rela um, re retail logistics, something. And it was like, God, the first conference I went to, there was like 90% men. And I'm a lot like, of khakis and blue shirts. A lot of all khakis <laughs> and blue shirts, not a yeah. lot. It was khakis and blue blazers. Every, right. every, it was like the uniform. And then by the time, right before COVID, there was a noticeable change. And suddenly the, the number of women that were in attendance were significantly materially higher than four years pre previously. And, you know, you start to see that change. So I think like logistics and supply chain in particular was a was much slower to really have that, um, to, to have more females. Yeah, I will say, you know, the female leaders that I was exposed to earlier on were those on the retail side and the product side. And that, mm -hmm. that was a bit more common and, you know, getting exposed to them through my days at The Gap and then transitioning over into the, companies I worked for later at Kohan. But to your point about logistics and operations, when I got more involved on the warehousing and operations side, yes, I walked into a warehouse and I was probably the only female there. I've never noticed it. I never called it out. Maybe because I grew up with brothers. I don't know. Yep. I'm just very comfortable I, <laughs> in that environment. And to me, it was they were actually very welcoming and wanting to understand, you know, what I could bring to the table. I wanted to bring the business needs, the customer needs. And yes, I can challenge you on units per hour and all your KPIs you go through. But if we're not connecting it with the consumer and the strategy on the business and the growth opportunity it had, you have at hand, it's not going to be a great partnership. And I think that was the biggest change I was able to bring to the table when I was sitting around a room of, at a warehouse, you know, mostly men. And, you yep. know, it's about let's do this together. And, you know, they they were very welcoming as well and inspirational. I will say another another leader, male figure, Mike Honius, who I met through when I was at Vineyard Vines. I had to move a 3PL warehouse. and. Mm -hmm. He was from The Gap, didn't know him, but he did his homework and found out who I was. And, you yeah. know, he was he understood my background. And the two of us really built a great partnership and business together to help Vineyard Vines drive. And yeah. Thrive. yeah, it's so interesting how just organic your career path went, right? Like from the buying side right to the customer's hands. So you yeah. saw it all. So you were just kind of compiling that, compiling that. So... You were neck and neck with these guys. So you go JCPenney, male-driven, retail-focused. Then you go to Old Navy. You have this woman who's running it. And then what happens next from there? Because now you're just, yeah, you're pretty diversified at that point. I, I am. I, I can do everything but design product. I'm not creative at all or marketing. <laughs> <laughs> um, after, after many years out in the West Coast, you know, Kohan offered me a great position to build their inventory management functions. Here I am being a part of companies that had process set in, in place, mm -hmm. and I became an expert, and they really developed me and had allowed me to have a voice to going to a company where I had to build it myself. And I yeah. thought to myself, crap, I don't know if I can do that. 
What? Oh, see, I was going to say East Coast Lady Challenge accepted. I will well, do this. Well, my Italian mother was like, thank God you're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm surprised she let you leave. Get the Sunday calls. Oh, please. <laughs> phone calls. I'd call her at midnight her time. It was 9 p.m. West Coast. She's like, when are you going to stop doing this and just come back? Um, right. <laughs> it was a great opportunity at Kohan, and they were known more in the wholesale space and their DTC team was, you know, just begun and they really needed to have some rigor and build out a whole function with inventory management there. And that was the start of me really getting very familiar with warehousing. Um, right. Our head of warehouse there, Steve Baruby, another great inspirational figure to me. We had our warehouse in New Hampshire, and it was Nike owned at the time, by the way, Kohan was. So, oh, interesting. Okay. It was back when I started, and I was like, okay, great. This is going to be fun. You know, I can create and still have, you know, a company like Nike financially supporting a company like Kohan. Right. Um, and, and they shared, you know, they really helped develop us. You know, we were able to leverage their training programs. Nike is an amazing company to develop people and leaders and coaching in that matter. So I felt very fortunate on that. But I, I got very close to understanding how a warehouse works. I was in a warehouse mm -hmm. more than ever starting at Kohan. Um, and that really gave me, you know, another strong training ground in an area that I knew of, I partnered with, but I didn't know all the nuts and bolts. And very fortunate on that. Over the course of time, Nike ends up selling Kohan and I was fortunate or unfortunate, fortunate to be a part of a whole due diligence process and going back to, you know, being in a room where I'm being challenged of a room full of private equity analysts that just want to know every detail about this business and should they buy this company. It's right. really an impressive and another scary process. Yes. Uh, yes. I bet. My flashbacks of Jenny Ming in the days of, you know, Gap coming in and and having that little bit of fear, but remembering stay strong, stay, stay calm, and almost like carry on. Um, and taking those, those learnings I had previously on just how do you stay calm? How, do you, how are you perceived as that leader in the room? And right. while they're coming at you with questions galore, men and women, you know, at that time, it's, you know, it's a melting pot and it's not about who you are, it's what you yeah. know and what's your skill set. So going through that piece, I never thought I'd have to go through that. And now it's very common today. I'm glad I did. Yes. <laughs> it's very common today. Well, yeah. and meanwhile, you're in, you're, you're in a room and they're judging you and you're judging them because you might be married soon, right? So, right. right. So it's almost not only the modern you... day love is blind. Yes, it is. It is. You know, it's it is. You know, quite intimidating. But like anything else, going through all that, it does make you stronger at the end. And and the yeah. more strength you have through each process, you do become calmer. I think when you are younger, you're more hyped. You're Listen, I have passion. I love the brand I'm in today. If there's, if I don't love the brand, I can't work for you. Like that yep. just is yep. what it is. But when you are younger, you fly off the handle a little bit more. Things annoy you more. And and I hate to say, with with years of experience and understanding what how you come out of it, you are calmer. And I think that's the biggest key in any leader at all times, no matter in our industry or the president of the United States. You know, yep. remaining calm and showing the strength to motivate and 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 show people to trust in you and what you can do for them and it's about that partnership coming into play again
Yeah, that's a, it's a good, you know, it's funny because I think my, my team views me as calm and sort of like a, a, a happy person. I'm like, you should have known me like 20 years ago. Like, fly off the handle, hot head, yelling at people. And I'm like, wait, I was that before. This version of me, I think I like better. I, I'm <laughs> so. the same way. I think I had a little bit more of a Italian temper in me back in the day, but I've, I've learned how to calm down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's funny, too, because you and I had opposite paths. You started out larger companies and have worked your way towards a smaller company. Yeah. Um, I started out smaller companies and worked my way towards larger. I can't, I will tell you, and I'm sure you're experiencing this now because in each step of the way, you bring your experience to an entrepreneurial company. Being able to maintain entrepreneurial spirit is critical. Like I, that's, that's what drives me. Yeah, no, that, that is after leaving the gap, going smaller was scary. Cause I, I was like, okay, I have to build this. These numbers are, a tenth of what I'm used to looking at. I have to move the decimal a little bit. Um, and it allowed me to grow as an individual, to, to give myself confidence. Hey, I can build, I can lead, I can drive a business at the same time. So coming, you know, going to, from Gap to Kohan to Vineyard Vines, I, to your point, Brian, it was step-by-step step, smaller and smaller. And now I'm in a totally entrepreneurial brand with an amazing product and an amazing leader who's a true visionary. And I don't want to lose sight of that, that passion of, of the culture that's created. And if anything, I always say what I built here might be like diet gap, gap light, so, you know, gap zero. <laughs> like it's like a version of, but you make it the version it needs to be for the company and the brand you're in. And that's, that's, the joy I like to do. I, I love doing that in all companies, especially right now here at Grayson. It's been the, the wildest ride of my career. Yeah, I love that sentiment around just believing in the brand to really be able to execute. I feel very much the same about that. Love Grayson. Uh, we were actually at Manifest. Uh, Sam Ryder, who we... Who we um, Co-sponsor. Co-sponsor, yes. yes. We do. Yes. Yes. Talking yes. one of our ambassadors. He's yes. Always... Exactly. Looking dapper, of course. And we know Grayson, just a premium brand. And you yeah. touched on it before, Joanne, saying, you know, yeah. buying is one thing, but now it's at the doorstep. How do you surprise and delight? What are some things that you've brought from your past experience into the Grayson space? Um, you know, maybe smaller by volume, but still big impact in the D2C space. What, what have you brought? Yeah, I will say, you know, I, I, I've brought and I basically hired a talented team. And that is okay. really surrounding yourself with talent, surrounding yourself with individuals who are smarter than you so you can work together to craft, you know, an amazing experience for a customer. I, I When I started, it was right at COVID. It was April 2020. Didn't even meet anyone in person. Here I am, founder wow. led, Charlie Schaefer, amazing visionary, creator of this brand. Felt so connected with him when I talked to him, but never worked with him in person. Here we are like in COVID and everything shut down. Okay, what a yippee. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get started, I guess, um, maybe. And I will say what I did in the beginning, and it's truly, it's a testament to you know, the employees who are still there at Grayson and were there back then, we rallied and I said, we need to get e-com going because yeah. everything is shut down. Our wholesale yeah. accounts, our green grass accounts, but e-com is not. 
So let's go look at the site. How do we revitalize it? Bring this brand to more consumers. And really, I partnered with the talent that we had in-house and I've added more talent to it. And together we are one pack. And without the team and players, on board, you can't do it alone. So I wouldn't yeah. say what did I do. It's it's more of being in a great environment where you're lifting others up, they're lifting you up and supporting each other to drive the business together. And and that's what we have done here and grown tremendously this brand and keep growing it. So so bringing it full circle, like don't you find it rewarding now to to mentor people? I love it. Isn't, yeah, I, 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 I do it. too. I love it. I will say, like, I still to this day have people calling me when they have another job opportunity and is it the right thing? And, you know, I actually, a friend of mine connected me with another person who called me yesterday wanting to know how I became a COO and what was my path and is he going down the right steps and what, what should he do next um, in his career to get to, to this point? And that is what I love to do. And, yeah. you know, you're doing it every day. You're driving a business, but when you look back, you're you're making an impact, just like Jenny Ming made an impact on me. And, you know, and that's all what I want to do. We, you know, I need to make sure that what I know and what they know, we work, we share those learnings together and that knowledge together so that there is a legacy so they can keep the business moving forward and keep their careers moving forward, which is the most important. Let them grow. Yeah, I will say that when I finally hit a certain point in my career where I was like, oh, shit, I might know a few things, that it it, it actually it, – it that brings, was only two days ago, Brian. It was like two weeks ago. So <laughs> that's why it's so it. new. It's like it's, it still has that new car feeling about it. Um, but, but, you know, you, you, you get like to be able to to know that you're helping someone, you're teaching them things, and, and that you're making a positive impact on their future is, uh, is, so, is so rewarding. It is. It is. I will say it is priceless. And... You know, one of my other leaders, when I was at Kohan, I was, you know, looking through some of the, they sent me, you get notes throughout your years, and I kept them all. And one of them was this book, and it's called A Matter of Style, Intimate Portraits of Ten Women Who Changed Fashion. Mm. And I looked in it, and in the note, I remember my boss, Beth Guastello, had said, Joanne, to a woman who will change the world, here's to 2011, Merry Christmas. Now, I'm not here to change the world. I'm not, right. you know, <laughs> I'm not a doctor about to perform heart surgery to save a life. I'm not a, not a scientist inventing something. But what she really meant was keep evolving, keep learning, keep changing, mm -hmm. and, and keep supporting others around you just like she supported me. Because so I was like, change the world. You know, right. but when you really read into it, and I'm like, I still have it today, and I'm still so thankful. And a few years ago, she called me, you know, wanting to recruit me for a position, and I fortunately said, oh, I've got someone for you, another old colleague of mine who I thought would be a great fit. And the two of them have been working together for the past oh, maybe five-plus years by now. So, yeah. you know, awesome. it is also a strong industry, and, you know, supporting each other and is, is critical.
Can't do it yeah. alone. No, you, you can't. And you're you're right. It's so rewarding to just be able to 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 work with great people and surround yourself with great people. Like you said, you hire very smart people, which in my case is not not that hard, right? The bar is pretty low there anyway. But I can I can hire I can hire great people without that much effort. Uh, but no, it's been it's it's really it's really been a fun experience mentoring uh, you know the, the the generation that's coming up and into our industry and and making an impact so even if they go somewhere else to your point before they they feel comfortable enough to come back and and say hey look you know can you give me some guidance because there's a relationship beyond just the day-to-day -day work because you you're approachable right. and they trust you and i think that's the biggest piece is to be approachable have a little fear, yes, <laughs> maybe right. not the fear that we went exactly. through. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but being approachable and being there, because making those choices, you know, you're you're never going to make the right choice at all times, but you're going to learn from every choice you do make. Yep, absolutely. Joanne, this has been fantastic, and this is exactly why I really wanted to have you on the podcast. <laughs> So appreciate you coming out and joining Caitlin and I and kind of giving us a little bit of your background and, and, and sharing some of your experiences. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been a joy for my first podcast in my life. So Woo! there you go. Fantastic. I, I appreciate you guys made it very easy, very welcoming. It's been fun. Does this mean I can start sipping now? You can start <laughs> sipping anytime you want. Yes, yes, you can. All right, Caitlin, walk us out. All right. Thank you, Joanne. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Check us out every other Friday on your favorite podcast platform. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you. Thank you.